0: Hi, well, Holly. I'm back. <laughs> I just did an announcements. So I'm back already. But I'm a, my name is Keaton. You can call me Keats. Um, that's what my friends call me sometimes. But I'm going to read through um, the text we're going to be looking at tonight. We're going to be in Romans 8, if you want to go ahead and turn there. I even put it on the slide. And I want to ask you first to be gracious with me, because I've been given this clicker. and No, it's not to a car. It's to these little slides. So I'm going to try my best to stay up with myself, but we'll see what happens. And I'm going to take off my Aggie ring right now, so we don't play with that. But like I said, Romans 8, we're going to be in verses 12 through 17. I'm going to go ahead and just read through it, if y'all are there. All right, would you please start with me in verse 12. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. If you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and of children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. This is going to be so awesome. Uh, Let me just pray. Father, um, thank you for this time, just to dig into your words some Romans, Lord. Pray that you could teach us through it, and we'd be changed by it. God, your love did shine on the cross at Calv- um, Calvary, and we just thank you for that. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for this time, for these friends, and pray that everything we'd say tonight would be honoring to you. Um, we love you, Lord, in your name we pray, amen. Well, uh, St. Patrick's Day, huh? I got the memo. I, I wore green, I wore green uh, on purpose, so people wouldn't run up here and start pinching me. And also, my backpack, my new backpack, is so green, I am, I'm ready to go for the next 50 St. Patrick's Days. Like, I'm, I'm set. I don't have to worry about being pinched ever. But uh, how was your spring break? Mine was cool. I did a little traveling. I saw a new town I've never seen before in Denison. Um, that was fun. I love traveling. And the cool thing about Texas is that it's so big, you can spend your whole life going to new towns and experiencing it. You know, other states they can't do that. So this is awesome. I love, and I've never seen Denison before. So I had a lot of fun, and I just love traveling in general. I expect, and I, I could probably put money on a lot of you do too. Uh, I bet you had a lot of fun your spring break and just traveled everywhere. Actually, this summer I went to a little place called Germany. Um, and <laughs> it's far away, and it was just finish up my degree program at AM. I'm an international studies major. I was, um, but I had a lot of fun, y'all. I'll tell you what, the one thing, I stayed there 11 weeks, and I did an internship in school, but I'm going to tell you what, the first thing I was really scared of was who I'd be living with. This was, all right, so take this back, a year ago today, I was filling out forms about myself, and I was also filling out a form about a, a family, like a, what I would want in a host family. Isn't that weird? So they had things on there like cats, dogs, check, like children, do smoke. They had everything but like a balcony view, you know, breakfast in bed. They didn't have that yet. We're working on it. But um, it was kind of weird. I'm like, I'm kind of picking who I'm going to live with. I can pick my family. This is weird. And I was nervous because, you know, I've lived away from home before. And I've lived with a family I've never met before, like in Virginia. Those are Americans. I'm going to go for 11 weeks and live with internationals, like um, different people in in a bigger way than just Virginians. You know, so I was a little nervous. Okay. So I went over there. And fast forward the summer, I had my summer, and I'll tell you what, it was, the family I stayed with was one of the, the highlights of my trip there, and I'll tell you why. Let me, i put him up there. This is them. Um, he is not from Germany, he is from Dorn, but don't, anyway. <laughs> His name is Pedro, but let me tell you something, <laughs> he is Pedro, um, and I might as well keep, that's little Selena, and that's Elena, and that's me. But let me tell you something, we had so much fun, and the first day I got there, I was nervous, I was tired, and Pedro comes home from work, all right, and this is me feeling like, I don't know if I'm going to fit in with these people, and he comes to me, he's like, Keaton, and he like gives me a hug, he says, Keaton, you, uh, you are my new son, everything you see in this house is yours, and he kind of just like adopted me as his own, he already had two sons, they're my age, so he's like, you will be my host son this summer, you are my son, and I said, thanks Pedro, that's awesome, and so he, he used an expression. He's like, "My house is dein house." Like basically, like, German is also different from English. It's like, "My house is your house." Like everything you see here, you can have. And I will tell you what, guys, that in the end, in the beginning of our relationship just helped my summer so much because I realized I realized I was kind of a part of their family, and I knew they cared about me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a little story about kind of <laughs> something to do with that. And so we were kind of we lived in Bonn, and we were very close to Paris. And some of the people on our trip wanted to go there, and I did too, but they were taking the ICE train, which is kind of, it's the fastest train, but it's also expensive. And so they bought their tickets, and I said, you know what, this is maybe the only opportunity I have to go. I need to think of something, but I can't afford that train ticket. And so I went home, and I'm like, okay, Keaton, like, Pedro, he says he's your, like, your host dad. He's going to take care of me. He'll know what to do. Pedro, you'll know what to do. So I go home, like, Pedro, like uh, this is what's happening. Is there any way I can get, get there that doesn't involve, like, a 100-euro hundred, hundred ticket? Like, I can't afford that at all. Can you help me, Pedro? He said, Keaton, come with me. So we go upstairs to a study, and we look at his laptop, and he starts pulling up these sites for um, people that drive other people to the to, to cities in Europe. And I'm like... Uh, a little sketchy at first, so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just go with it. They looked like great sites, okay? They're, they, you know, they had some funding or something, but they look good. And so he's going, he's like, ah, Keaton, here. And he had gotten off of the the good websites, he had gone to this other one that I hadn't seen before. And he's like, Keaton, I find you someone here. Look, uh, 2 p.m. tomorrow, so this is Thursday, and i want to leave Friday, and so he's like, I find you someone here, look, 2 p.m. tomorrow, and look, you can, uh, you can go up to Cologne and meet them at 2, 2, PM, 2 p.m. at the McDonald's. I'm like, that's not making it any better. Worst off, his first name was Papa, but anyway. Uh, so I'm like, I don't know, Pedro. Pedro, I don't know. Before I knew it, he was calling the guy. I'm like, oh no, Pedro. And by the way, this isn't a three-hour trip I would be taking. It'd be a five-hour car ride, okay, for someone I didn't know on a website. So Pedro calls, and they're shooting the breeze, Right. And they're talking so fast I can't understand anything. That, there's very non-formal. I just going, 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 going. But I do understand the last phrase. He says, okay, he sees you tomorrow. Bank. And I'm like, nah, wait a second, time out. Pedro, I have so many questions going through my mind. Like, do I do I call him Papa? Do I what do I see him? What does he look? I mean, what do I do? And he's like, Keaton, Keaton, it's okay. Like, it's 30, it's only 30, 35 euros. Awesome. Five hour trip. And he said, Keaton, it's okay. You you meet him in Cologne at two. You just have to trust me. You have to trust me. Like, he, I, I talked to him, and he's, this is a good thing. Like, he's, he's done this before. You just have to trust me. And I was faced with a situation. You know, I could put my, my life in jeopardy and just go into some stranger's car, all for Paris, or I, or I couldn't. You know, I could trust Pedro that I really thought he cared about me like a father's son, or I, or I couldn't. Well, I ended up trusting Pedro, and trusting that he did care about me. Ended up having a great time. I mean, it's Paris, right? Uh, so I had assurance that I was part of a family. I had that assurance, y'all. I trusted that Pedro wouldn't put me in harm's way. That he really did view me like his own son. Yeah, I would have missed out on Paris, y'all. Have you ever felt like assured of something like I did? Or we can call it confidence. Have you ever just felt like assured of one thing? Maybe it's sports in your ability to do something. Maybe that's you. Maybe you can always score the winning goal, and you're like, I wasn't even trying. Let's come on. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've always just been so good at sports. Maybe it's grades. It wasn't for me. Maybe you're you're that guy that can go in and just rock a test, and just walk out, and just knowing you owned it, and you did. And good for you. We need people like you in the world. It's awesome. Maybe it's in your looks. Maybe you just always just your looks. You're like that'll never. Those will never fail me. Maybe girls like you just never have that bad hair day, or guys. Um, Maybe that's you, or maybe you're always setting the trend. You're always just kind of, you know, wearing the new thing, and everyone's always looking at you, kind of envious. Maybe you like that. I don't know. Maybe a better question would be, what are you not sure of? You know, what what are some things you're not sure of? It could have been some things we already talked about. Maybe it's your future. I know, like spring break for me, coming back, the future would always just get sped up in my mind, because a lot of things happen after spring break, and we got grades Class is ending soon, um, and I would just get so nervous. So maybe um, you're not sure of maybe the job, you, maybe you're going to be graduating, you don't have a job yet. You applied after, before spring break and nothing's happened. Or trying to get into Bush School or Grad School, maybe that's you and you're not getting a decision, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm very unsure. Maybe you came into college and you thought, junior year I'm going to be at the least as engaged, I don't know. Maybe, and maybe you're sitting here and you can't even find a date. And it's true. We put our assurance in some things, and then before we know it, we're like, oh, I don't know if that's going to happen at all. I mean, I'm a one-year graduate, and it doesn't look like I'm going to meet that girl. Maybe that's you. I don't know. Have you ever felt like that? Well, I, I always think of like, things I'm not like sure of. But guys, one thing that's been going around in my mind, one thing that we can always be assured of is our salvation. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, kind of assurance of salvation, for we know as believers... God being of infinite just worth and like just perfect, He chose us and He sent His Son, and we've placed our faith in that, right, in Jesus, okay? And by doing so, we've been adopted into a family, just like I was. I was adopted that summer. I didn't even think that would have happened. Like, they really did just kind of adopt me. But we've been adopted into God's family. We've become children of God. Children of God, that's, that's pretty cool. That's heavy. We've become children of God. And specifically, tonight we're going to be looking at the Spirit. Because that's kind of the seal that comes into us when we become children of God. Specifically, you'll hear me say this a lot the Spirit is our assurance that we are children of God. I'll say just one more time, and then again later. The Spirit is our assurance that we are children of God. You know, by putting your faith in Christ and becoming a believer, that's happened. You're in His family. And you have this seal in you that's assuring you of your salvation. That's, that's your seal. We can look. You know, we've been in Acts. We've been swinging away in Acts. Acts 2-4, um, the Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit comes down. And then, so we're filled with the Spirit once we have faith in Christ. And then the great verse, it says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed. Okay, so you believed, and then you were sealed. You were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of His glory. Guys, I'm already full. Like, we could just leave now. This is such a good verse to reflect on. This is awesome. Um, we believe in Jesus, and then you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. I told you I wouldn't play with it. I'm already breaking my promise to y'all. Um, it's like God with, got His version of an Aggie ring and heated it up once you come to faith, and just stamps it on your heart and says, that's mine. Like, that's my child. And He puts the Spirit in you. Isn't that cool? I think that's Awesome. And I'm going to do something kind of out of the ordinary. I'm going to just point you to verse 16. I already just read this in Romans. We're going to get here later. But verse 16 is the theme verse of 12 through 17. If you, if you have to leave early, just remember verse 16. is what we've been talking about. It says this. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. That's what we're going to be coming back to tonight a lot. If there's a little foundation here, we're just going to kind of stand on it. Okay? That's what the Spirit is. The Spirit is our assurance that we are children of God. And that'll preach. Sorry, I get kind of goofy sometimes. Forgive me. But I think I've stayed on track so far. Uh, okay, so where are we in Romans? Let's set this up. We're going to be um, Romans 12-17, through 17, like I said. Romans 8, 12-17. through 17. But there was some text before that. In Romans 8, it talks about the Holy Spirit a lot. If you want to go home and read it later, it's great. But in verses 1-11, through 11, we can actually summarize those just by reading verse 11. And I'll do that for you right now. This is just to set the background. Paul says this, but if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, okay, whoa, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Whoa, this is saying that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us once we believe. And the, verses one through eight, we'll, one through 11 we'll talk about how we should be changed because of that. Okay, we have the Spirit; we've had an encounter with Jesus Christ. We should look different. Okay, we shouldn't be struggling with the same things we're struggling with. So that's what verse 8's about. We have a spirit that's in us that's alive, and he's probably done more in our lives than we give him credit for. The spirit, man, is our assurance that we're children of God. So tonight, in 12 through 17, we're at the um, so now what part? Because Jesus left, and he's waiting for the perfect time to come back, That God knows he's sovereign. But in the meantime, they sent his spirit, like we talked about at Pentecost, and we have it, so now what? Well, Paul was a pretty smart guy, and he realized that we'd be asking, "So now what?" And so he wrote this next, these, these six verses, twelve through seventeen, are going to answer. So now what? Um, some people call it walking by the Spirit. Some people call it you can running with the Spirit. Whatever, like you answer anything. Someone, someone, somewhere, you know, said that, um, and it's been said a lot of different ways. But tonight we're going to be realizing and looking at like what does it mean um, to have the Spirit inside of us? And we have this assurance that we're children of God. But that assurance is going to bring out three things, and we're going to look at them. This is going to be so much fun. All right, so let's start. We first see, we have freedom over sin in verses 12 to 13. Praise God. Um, Read with me in 13 again, if you will. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Ah, putting to death the deeds of the body. Man, we can now have freedom over sin. We have the Spirit inside of us. This is good news, y'all. We can have freedom over sin. You know, I mentioned that. I went to Denison. And, it, by the way, if you go there, just make sure you see the cave. Um, it's a it's, it's, it's good cave. But I love caves. It got me thinking. I, I love a good cave. Um, love a good cave story. And so, I don't know why. Um, but in junior high, or actually, this was in high school. In 08, I was a senior in high school. And we always went caving on some summer trips. And this was my last time to go. And we always go to, like, chattanooga outside chattanooga tennessee or tennessee um we go to chattanooga tennessee and it's outside of it right and you walk up and it's in the back of someone's house this big cave and it, it just looks like this at first and it goes for about it's about as big as a stage goes about like 45 yards that level so it's hard to get in but when you do it opens up in this glorious like huge cave and you, it just takes your breath away y'all well On this day, the day before, me and the leader of the trip, Jason, we went before to scout it out, right? We went before so we could be like, okay, go left here at the big rock. Okay, good. Left, all right, good. Don't step here. (laughs) So we did that, and so I was kind of, I got to be in the front making some decisions with him, like, oh, you got to go left, not right, because that, that, light, that's really bad. Okay, great. And so we got to this one part where we always had the students turn off the lights, because what happens is, if you've never been there and just in a cave in complete darkness, it'll just blow your mind. Because you, you just try, everyone just does this instantly. And they just, like, touch their eyes. Because you can't see at all. And then, you know, the, the youth pastor will put a light up and say, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. And then he'll go on to share the gospel. It's great. It's great fun. We'll just get a trip together and go after this. Um, there's probably a cave near here. But I digress. Um, we, I saw that when the lights all went back on. I saw this little section of the cave, and I don't know what had happened. We had never seen it before, so I walk over there and I get one of our leader friends, chances to come with me. I'm like, hey, like, look at this. I'm gonna go ask Jason if we can go down this thing we've never been before. And I said, Jason, can I go? And he's like, sure. So we're running, or actually, yeah, I start running in this place because it's a beautiful tunnel we've never seen, and it's got like a stream going near it. And I'm just having a blast. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tell everyone. So we're walking right we're having a good walk and we come up and we see like it's probably this this deep down And it's just like a puddle and I have I wore these on purpose I had these chalcos on and so uh, I, I run up and I kind of take a dive up And I just want to splash right because I'm already soaking wet and I splash and then I don't move I am I'm stuck in what they tell me is just like this clay like quicksand and so, like, I would move, and then I would just go deeper. And <laughs> then I would move, and then I would just go deeper. And it got up to about here. It wasn't about, like, dramatic Hollywood, like, like fast-sinking quicksand. You're like, ah, like, it would have taken four days, right? Okay, for me, I had to go under. But I like to tell people it was quicksand because I couldn't get out. I was trying so hard. I almost broke the straps. Um, and so I, I was in there, and Chancey's rolling laughing. I'm like, this is serious. Um, So eventually, I'm like, help me. So he grabs my hand, he pulls me out, and I lost a Choco, but I went down there and got it, because it's a Choco. Um, And so I put it on, and then we went and told everyone our story. But I always think of that whenever I'm on my own walk, I'm going on, and then all of a sudden, I just, I find myself just like in this, this sin in my life, and it's just up to here. And I was just walking, right? I was just going along, and then all of a sudden, I get stuck in it. I'm like, I can't move. Like, what is going on? Keaton, why are you... Why are you, like, how'd you get here? You have the Holy Spirit, and you like. like, what, what is going on? Like, how'd you get here? You're up to your knees in sin. Like what's going on? I forget that, we can all forget sometimes that we do now have freedom over sin. We need to be assured tonight that we can have freedom over sin. The verse puts it like this. It says, um, you can put to death the ways of the flesh. Putting to death the ways of the flesh. Um, I like that Lecrae song. It says, and he's he's like, I keep reading Ephesians, if it's Christ we believe in, we shouldn't be confused with the heathens. I love that because it's talking about, like, we have this encounter with Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, we shouldn't be confused with the heathens. We have this assurance that we're children of God. That should lead to action. Adoption, assurance, action. We need to have action from this assurance. We need to be making war against our flesh. And I'm probably, you're like, well, Keaton, like, you have the Holy Spirit in you, so is that going to help me do this, or is it all in me? Well, guys, in my time here, I forgot to tell you i my intern at Grace. First. Yeah, anyway. But we, we're going through, and I love this verse we, we run to a lot. It's in Philippians. Uh, Philippians two twelve through 3, guys. It says, So then, my beloved, I love when he says my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, so I work. Got it, God. And then it says, For it is God who is at work in you. What? Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So it's God working and it's us, same time. And we don't even have to have an answer why that can be, because God is mysterious as he is gracious. And he is a beautiful mystery. But this verse is someplace to run to, that the Holy Spirit's in us for a reason. It's going to be helping us have freedom over sin. But it's also us being obedient reading the Word, and reading that says, we need to be putting these things to death. You know those long, those, those long things like envy, strife, that Paul always lists off, and he says, put these to death. That's what he's saying here. He's just referring to it. He's saying we need to be putting the, the, um, to death the things we used to struggle with, because now we have the Holy Spirit. Put them to death. And we, have to, we say, okay, I need to be obedient. But I know it's also God working. I want us to be assured... That's God working. I'm going to show us what the Spirit's going to be doing in us while we're trying to have freedom over sin. And it's really cool, y'all. It's in Romans Romans 8, 26-27. Guys, this, this is so cool. This is what the Spirit's doing in you. It says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. Praise God. For we do not know how to pray as we should. And that's the truth. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And this is saying in our, our struggles with sin, we're like, God, I don't even... We have the Spirit in us praying for us. Okay? It, not even know... Like, there's so many times I, I, just, I just talk way too much. And I need to be silent. Because I, the Spirit's in me, working for me. So it's us being obedient, and it's also there. It's like that video, that, um, the, the stuff like Christian guys say. You know, he prays for him. He's like, I pray for all of his unspokens. Like, no... Holy Spirit's got it, bro. Like, he's got the unspoken taken care of. Like, he's got all this taken care of. He's praying for you. You know, I had Chansey's hand. I had a guy's hand helping me out of quicksand. We have the Holy Spirit, the living God in us, working for us. He's for us. We should be having freedom over sin. This new life. Assurance should lead to action. The next thing we see is that now we can have... Um, we can now know our Father. If you look at the... I'm so silly. Uh, no, in, in verses 14 through 15, um, I'll read it again, or starting in 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received um, a spirit of adoption, like we've been talking about, as sons by which you cry out, Abba, Father. That's so cool, y'all. We've been adopted, and we have our Heavenly Father with us now. We can know Him intimately. I'll get back to the picture. That's little Selena. I didn't talk about her earlier, I saved her for this one. I couldn't, have, I couldn't go through and not talk about her. She's six years old. Um, she's awesome, but my my like relationship with her looked a little different from Pedro's and Elena because they knew English a little, you know. And so whenever I would just be like, I, I'm all Germaned out. Like I could talk to them in English some, but her was different. I couldn't. And so I always had to be like thinking when I'm around her, like how do I say that? Like I had to think about everything. And guys, while I was over there, I did. I worked with kids uh, like a camp, sports camp. So I would come home and see her there and I had a choice I could make I'd say, well do I want to, do I want to like hang out with Celine and get to know her better become like her big older brother you know and just give her like and just have so much fun or do I want to go up in my room and just kind of relax and so mostly I would choose to just go hang out with her because I'm like I'm in Germany I need to do this and so this is so much fun so we would spend our time like on the trampoline and chasing these ginormous rabbits they have in Germany just watch out for those and you know just having t- loads of fun uh, she would learn these English songs from, the, like, a British CD player. And it's so funny. And uh, so I really didn't help her at all with English. But she helped me a ton with German. It's true. Like, the, the kids... Like, children really are the best tool to learn the language. Because they shoot you straight, and they don't slow down. So it's awesome. But she was a dear, and we... Um, it took a little while at first for us to be close. But it took me kind of daily pursuing her and, like, thinking of things to do for her and, like, saying, Hey, Selena, let's do this. And... Um, I forgot, I was going to bring it, I guess it's still my backpack, but eventually, guys, it led to be okay, like, she, she would, like, make me some things, and, like, write me um, um, little crafts in school and stuff, so it eventually became really close, and that kind of, like, the peak of that was in July, when her mom said, like, Selena really wants to go to work with you, like, she, she wants to go with you, so I'm like, sure, that's awesome, and so, like, I took her to work with me, and she hung out with me all day, without her parents there. And that's, like, that's a huge step. I mean, I was a stranger to her a month earlier. And for her to put her trust into me, like, it really meant a lot to me. But guys, my whole point in that, there's a point, it just didn't come initially. It's something I had to work for, as daily thing. And our, our relationship with our Heavenly Father is the same thing. We can now have intimacy with Him, but, but do we? You know, are we spending time with Him daily? Do we know our Heavenly Father? We see this intimacy in verse fifteen, where it says "Abba, Father," we just cry "Abba, Father." And I'm sure you've heard this before. It's very, it's so informal, guys. In the, in the Greek, and, and it's just it means it's like "daddy," "daddy-o," oh, "daddy," whatever you want to call your dad. Hey, daddy! Um, but just do you know your your heavenly daddy, your father? You know, I've um, I do have a heavenly father, and he's just been with me my whole life. But I have a lot of friends that don't, and they just never had that relationship. And it's so encouraging. Like this verse is. Must mean so like just means something crazy to them because they read it and I have no clue what they're thinking because they've never had to got to experience their heavenly father, I mean their earthly father. But then when they read this, they're like, I know I have, like I have the heavenly father looking out for me. I think that's so cool. Because remember, the Spirit is our assurance we're children of God. It's like a child, we should know our dad, because he knows us. Like, how could we be assured of this? In Matthew 6, 26, it says, look at the birds of the air that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, much worth, are you not worth much more than they? Daddy's got our back. The we'll, Heavenly Father's got our back. He knows us. And I think this is beautifully written by Paul to come after this freedom from sin. Because what happens, y'all? We're, in, we're stuck in some sin. We're, we're struggling. And we just. what do we do? We naturally just think we're separ- like, getting farther and farther from God. And this comes... These two verses come right after we can now know God intimately. He's with you in those times. You know, so many times in my own walk, when I'm struggling with something, I'm in, I'm in sin, I just feel distant from God. Those times I feel distant from God, I'm always just like, I don't know where he is, but I'm just not, I'm not quick to point inward and say, like, oh, he's right, he's right here, Keaton. You're his child. You have the spirit of assurance. He's right here. We're so quick to point outward and not inward. We're so quick to think like, you know, where is he? But he's, he's always with us. And as our Heavenly Father, he knows us. He knows what we need. He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're going through in that sin. And he's here for us. But do you know him? Are you pursuing him? We have that ability now. The Spirit can give, that, give us that intimacy with our Father that we're all looking for. Yeah, in the midst of our sins, we're tr- you know, we're trying to have victory over. God knows where we're at. He's right here. So the Spirit can bring us intimate relationship with God. That's awesome. Our Father knows best. So I just want us to leave here assured that you can now know Him. And in those hard times of, like, why did that happen? And, you know, why did that happen over there? And why is this sin happening to me? Remember to point inward and think, well, the Holy Spirit's in me and I know I'm a child of God and I can now have an intimate walk with Him. Um, He's our dad, guys. and He's going to call all his children home. He will. He cares about us. And that's where Paul's going to go next, guys. Paul, this is such a cool text, in verses 16 through 17, um, we not only see that we have freedom over sin, we can now know our Father, but now we can see we have a finale in glory. This is all going somewhere. I think that's what we really long for, is like, well, where's this all going? I have the Spirit, great, but what, what, is this, what am I doing here? I think we can find encouragement in that we have a great finale. We need to be assured that there will be a finale in glory. You know, I love a good finale, specifically over TV shows. A good finale, just, oh, that's awesome. You know, I'm a big Seinfeld fan, and I, I just won't talk much about this, or I'll just go all, all night. But, uh, and so I, I kind of, I was late on the show, then I got, got caught up with it, and then I, I looked back. And I had no clue how big of a deal it was when they released their finale. I know it was nine seasons, and then a finale, but come on. Like, they took so many measures to protect that script of the last episode. I mean, come on, y'all. It's a piece of paper. Our priorities are way off. But anyway, I still love the show. But guys, so I'm like, okay, I've watched them all. and my, I'm going to watch it. So I watched it. And I was like, eh, it's okay. You know, the finale wasn't as good as what I, I thought it could have been. You know, they didn't ask me. But I thought it would have, between you and me, I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all because I, it's going to slip out anyway. If they, if they would have asked me, I would have just had it where they're all on the couch and then they could, like, maybe they couldn't find anything on the TV and then Jerry says some witty comment like, oh, this is no good. Why do I get cable? <laughs> like, That's a shame. And then it's over, right? Um, they didn't ask me, though. I'm sorry I'm talking so much about this. But we, we do. We appreciate a good finale. I know Lost gets talked about a lot. But sometimes we pretend that you all saw the show, and then you all pretend you all just hated the finale but loved the, everything else but the finale. Okay, so when you pretend you hate it, and then what do you think initially in your mind? You're trying to justify like, okay, that was worth it. <laughs> I spent all that time. All those hours were worth it. Don't worry. Even though the ending, I really don't get closure. It was still worth it. We want to find meaning in what happened by how the finale acts out. And I want to, what I want us to realize tonight and be assured of is that our seasons of life do have a good finale. Not like the season, say you hate the show. Seasons of Lost didn't. Our seasons of life do. Everything we go through um, is happening, um, and we have a finale. And I think that's so cool, y'all. And 16 and 17, I also think it shows us um, just our purpose. We have purpose in suffering. It's saying we, sh- we can expect suffering, and it gives us purpose for it. It says that, indeed, we suffer with Him, Christ. We suffer with Christ. We, remember, He was suffered on the cross, and we continue in that suffering. We went through First Peter last semester. It's, it was awesome. I love this verse in it. Chapter 4, verses 12 to 13, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. It says rejoice. Keep on rejoicing so that at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. It's saying that in those hard times, you need to find joy. You need to remember the finale. You have it coming. You do. You have it coming. You just remember it, guys. You need to remember that, you know, the Spirit is our assurance that we're children of God. We're His child. He's going to bring us home. We're on a journey home, and grace will lead us home. Romans 8, Romans eight twenty. I told you we'll be kind of all over Romans 8, but we're going to get back to a lot of Romans 8. It's a great chapter. Go home and read it again and again. But it says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Oh, guys, this is, we could have just a whole time on this. But this is saying that everything we're going through is happening for a reason. It's not saying God is causing the suffering in your life. It's not. It's saying that we, cause, we don't have to... It's not a secret that we're all sinners, right? We all make mistakes. But God is using all this suffering. He's using all these things we would say are bad. All things, he's using them all to work together for good. That's what it says he does. He permits sin. He doesn't cause sin. That's very key to recognize. So God is kind of knitting this... All these things together, all these strands of life, the good and the bad, he's naming them all for good, like this big blanket, and then he's just going to wrap you up in it in heaven. But anyway, it also says we can be glorified with him. If indeed we suffer with him, we were suffering with Christ, and it's for a reason, it's for good, we'll eventually be glorified with him. Now wait, Paul, why are you ending here? Why throw that big word here? We were going so great. Well, basically, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it's a great verse to run to, on the Trinity. And it says that the Spirit is inwardly sanctifying us our whole life. And that just means we're being shaped into God. We're being made in, like, to be like God. The Spirit is at work in us, like we learned earlier. He's praying for us. He's doing a lot for us. He's sanctifying us. And basically the, intero- the capstone of the sanctification is glorification. We're perfect at the end. We're, gonna be- we're coming home in time for supper, and we're perfect. Like God's been doing work for us. That's awesome. That's just so cool, y'all. We're, we have a reason. We're on a journey home, and it's just awesome. Now, also another thing about glorification is we'll have. We're going to be basically sharing in the promises of God and Jesus. We we'll, we can rule with Him, and we'll have new bodies. And Buck Anderson, a great theologian, would even say that we possibly will be glowing. But that's not, You know, that's not. That's just a little fun thing to think about because he would say, you know, we're built to show light. We're built to show God's glory unlike anything that's ever been created. We're different from animals. We're different from creation in the fact that we can be His image bearers. We can show God's glory. So think of yourselves now, if you want to use that light term, as just a burnt out bulb. You know, we're not shining as what we could be because we have this sin over us. But in heaven, we're kind of screwed in all the way and we can show God's glory, oh man, to the fullness. We're built to show light. I think that's awesome. No other part of creation can do it quite like we can. They can show God's glory. Creation can. Not quite like us. We're we're special. He made us special. He's our Father. And I think we can be assured that God does have a plan for our lives after reading this. So when those hard times come, and we talked about, like, where's God in that? Where is He in that earthquake? Like, why, why am I not getting this job? Or why have I not found that girl yet? I think in those times, we can rely on the promises of God. We should try that. We should... I remembering these verses this next week when we go back to school. And I remember after spring break, everything just gets bombarded. It's like someone got a bucket of just papers and just threw it all over my head. And I'm like, I had all that do Really? I shouldn't have had that much fun in spring break. But um, that's going to hit you all right after you leave here. And I'm sorry for that, but that's the truth. But if we remember this verse in those times, maybe we can be changed for the better. Maybe God could do something just miraculous in our hearts and sanctify us even more. Maybe So what can we take away from 16, 17? Anything else? Having that assurance in the Spirit, I think we need to be having joy in these things, in these trials things, in these trials, like we read about in 1 Peter. We need to be having joy, like James chapter 1, 2, and 3, like, consider it pure joy rather than when you face trials of many kinds, because it's testing your faith is for steadfastness or perseverance. And it's not this kind of weird pain, it's not this kind of weird joy in pain, like, I love pain. Like, no, no, no. You don't have to like pain. Jesus Didn't like pain. He prayed that um, if there's any other way, Lord, that I would not have to go to the cross, is there another way? And God said no. And so he he was perfect. He submitted to his Father's will. So you don't have to enjoy the pain, but more of a perspective. Like this is for good. Uh, I don't know how it is, but Lord, I know you care. You're my Father. So this is, I know you're going to take care of me. You're going to bring me to the end of the finale. We have a great finale. Not like some weird shows. We have a great finale. Remember that in those hard times. And I think it gives us hope, which is what we're all looking for anyway. And so what's happened tonight is something really cool. We've seen that we've been ado- we have adoption. And then from that adoption has to come in- assurance has to come after adoption. Remember, um, I you're my child, the Aggie Ring thing. Like you're he, he imprints us the spirit, and we have that assurance after we're adopted. And then what does it lead us to? It should lead us to action. Action has to come after assurance. Can't come before as it gets to, you know, work based salvation. And so what do we see here for kind of this wrap-up? How can we walk? I think this is something we always ask. How can we deepen our walk with the Spirit? Ain't that a good question? Man, that's what we try to figure out. Um, and I think we see some things. I love a good tangible piece of application. I love it. I'm like, just tell me, like, what, how can I do this? I think one, as we already kind of talked about, is discipline. I don't know why I took that stance. But just, I thought it was just important, like, discipline. And I know this gets from the pulpit a lot, but... I was taken through Richard Foster's book on Celebration Discipline. I know that really just gets pounded, but I think it's just awesome. And me and one of my friends just met up every Thursday and took me through one a week. And man, it was awesome to see these different types of disciplines I didn't even know about. And then we tried to put them in practice together, and it was so cool. Um, You can't can't really have a, a sermon on the Spirit without having Galatians 5 in here, right? But guys, through these disciplines... Look what can start coming about when we're walking with the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Have you ever just prayed for those things to be evident of you, that the Spirit could just bring those about? Have you ever just said that prayer? And I love it when we see a good, you know, a good joyful moment in trial. We're like, where did that come from? I should not be joyful right now. But I am, like, it has to be the Spirit. Isn't that, oh, it's awesome, guys. What if you just prayed for that? What if we live differently, and we started practicing these disciplines, maybe you should start with, like, pursuing your relationship with God, like, um, through the Scripture, memorizing Scripture and prayer um, and meditation. How about this? Uh, where is it? Silence before the Lord, number two. I think this is really cool, like we talked about earlier. One of my friends says she likes to just maybe even see a sunrise, and that's more of a quiet time for her than just going through a whole book. Because you're sitting in silence for the Lord. What if we just went out this week and I challenge you to take 30-45 minutes and go find like just some get um, under the stars or a sunrise or sunset and sit there for 30-45 minutes and just pray before him and be like, God, I don't know what to expect but I think that's okay. Can you just teach me something and I'm not going to talk and then kind of zip your lid and then just, just be there and meditate because you have the Spirit in you and see what happens. I think he can change us through those moments of silence because we, we do talk a lot. We do. Um, I talk a lot. <laughs> so look at the stars this week and pray for the intimacy of the Lord. And also, I think we should be finding joy on trials like we've been talking about. Having this kind of perspective for your photographers, like, just put that as a lens, okay? Fill it out right now. Just put that lens in there for, okay, joy, um, because I know we have a good finale in heaven. Make that your your mindset. This is for a reason. God, I don't understand it, but it's for a reason. And, I think this, this verse will help us. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with, with thanksgiving, let your requests be knit, made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Guys, this, is, this verse is like good aloe to us, our sin burn. It really is. It's awesome. It just like, it's so cool, guys. It shows us everything that, we, that we've been talking about tonight. It's saying like, look, be anxious about nothing, we have anxiety, and it can, it's, it's also a physical thing. Anxiety just controls us and says, "Just tell that to God, or even he'll even be praying that for you." And then the spirit of peace, like the spirit of peace will be in us, and it'll do something in us that we can't explain. And so maybe our prayer life should look more like, "God, I am, I've got so much going on, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. There's so many things I need to do at school, and that relationship's not going well, and that friendship is really bad, and I'm just, I'm just so lost, Lord, could you, could you do something, could you just do a miracle in me and do something I can't explain? Can you give me peace now when I don't think I can have it, and I won't be able to explain how it got there? What if we prayed for that? This is a great place to run, y'all. The Spirit is our assurance we're children of God. We're children of God. He takes care of his children. He wants to do this for you. I'm going to close with by reading this, Romans eight, twenty-nine and 30, if you would just follow along with me. It says, For those, good. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of a son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And I told you, I, was, I graduated from a and I got my minor in architecture history. And it kind of just came about, thank you, it kind of just came about because I kept taking him and taking them like, oh, I have a minor, Wow. This is cool, and I just found it fascinating. In some of the earlier classes, we talk about there was more of an art side of it, and we learned about this guy, you know, Michelangelo. We learned about all the sculptures. and I love that story in particular about Michelangelo and his biography because it—I it, loved his process of how he made his statues. And I think a lot of artists look to him when they try to make their statues because what he would do, y'all, is he'd travel very far away to a quarry, and all he would all this big stone and he very expensive, and he would just unlike any, anyone else, he could just look at a stone and he'd see the statue. It wouldn't be a rock to him. It would just be perfect. Like, the perfect statue right there, and he couldn't even see the other, like, the stone. It just was the he saw the true character of the rock, they said. And then what he would do, he would go buy it, and he would haul it back into his home, put it in his living room, and then he would, the process is kind of like taking away then putting on. So he would take away at this stone for days, and he'd work so hard, guys, to reveal, he would call it, I'm going to reveal the true character of the stone. Does this sound familiar? And so, like, he, he would reveal it and then finally be like, there it is. And others would be like, how did you see that? Like, I didn't see that. It was, it was bad. It was a big, ugly stone. How did you see it? And it would be perfect. He was like, oh, I just it was there. I just had to reveal it. It's just kind of the same thing for us, if you think about it, you know. God wants to do the same for us. And we aren't so pretty at first. We're just a bunch of stones in a quarry. But he chose us, and he'll adopt you and put his spirit in you, and he'll change you. And what we talked about, that spirit is going to be working on you till the end. He's going to be sculpting you into this perfect thing until you're finally done. Because God sees you, and he's going to reveal who he's called you to be as his son, slowly. And that's why it hurts, guys. That's why we go through pain. That's why sanctification usually involves tears in some way. Because you know chiseling away at stone, that's, that's big, like almost hurt. Like, you know, knocking away at this, at me. He's making me into who I'm meant to be, and I know that. And so in trials, I can see it as an opportunity to become more like God because the Spirit in me. Because the Spirit is my assurance that I'm a child of God, and I recognize that. Acts 10.39 says this, and we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews of Jerusalem. They put him, Jesus, to death by hanging him on a tree. I love trees. Just, I don't know why I that. But I do, I love, and I was always interested. <laughs> I was always interested, like, why do they always say, just put cross there. Like, why do they say tree? Like, some translations don't. It's just weird. That's so why, of course, I looked into it. I was, I was so fascinated with it. But it was, it was really cool, guys. Um, I mean, it wasn't at all what happened, but just the idea, it just, oh, man, it's just bizarre and it's awesome. But, you know, like, Jesus was always called the second Adam. You've heard that, maybe you haven't he's always called the second Adam, and, and so he's supposed to be like the better Adam, achieve what Adam and Eve couldn't. And so what did they do? They disobeyed in the garden over a tree, and disobeyed God over the tree, and they ate from it. And Jesus comes a long time later, and he obeyed God in the garden over a tree, the Garden of Gethsemane, and over a tree of death, the cross. And so he climbed that tree of death for us, and so that we can have the tree of life now. I think that's really cool. And so maybe for you, you've sat here all night and you're like, I don't, I don't believe in Christ, so I know I don't have the Spirit, so what, how does this involve me? Well, this, this really does. I loved Blake Jennings' sermon this morning at our Southwood campus. He was like, if any guys, the most important question is who you think Jesus is. Was he a liar or was he the Lord? And he talked about that a lot. I've just been kind of impacting me all day, and it's so true. Who we think Jesus is just changes our whole life. There's no middle ground, like Blake said. But Christ did come. And he died on the tree of death so we might climb the tree of life. And he, he wants to extend that to you. And he wants you to take that because he did it for you. And so if you don't know him, that's a great place to start. It's just believing, like we saw in Ephesians, just belief that he did that for you. And then what happens? You get sealed for all eternity and you begin this process of sanctification that ends with a good finale. It's a good one. It's when you say, if you remember, <laughs> it's a good one. We're going home. Because God wants you and he wants you to be assured of your salvation. So for some of you so for the rest of you who are believers, you're like, "Yeah, Keaton, I'm a believer." Um, I want you to feel rest assured tonight that you have the spirit in you once you put your faith in Christ, and you can't lose it. These guys it's, if we're not assured of that and we're always doubting like, "Well, did I go too far with my boyfriend and girlfriend to lose? like if we're if we're trying to act out of unassurance, like we're not going to see any action. But if we have this foundation of assurance in the Spirit, it'll lead to action. It just it naturally will. It will. So I want you, I, I've been praying that y'all could just feel that and feel assured of your salvation. And are like, you know what, I do have the Spirit in me. I want to start walking by the Spirit. I want to start doing this because I know I'm this child I'm going to go home. Maybe that's you. God wants all of us tonight to come to know him. And guys, he'll do so much. He'll adopt us and he'll fill us with the Spirit. He'll seal us with the Spirit. He'll pursue us and he'll change us. He'll assure us um, and he'll bring us to the end. I truly believe that. And so if you don't know him, maybe tonight's tonight. Would you pray with me? Um, dear Lord, thank you for tonight. And um, just a little Romans 8, Lord. It was awesome. And just thank you for. The assurance of our spirit, God, we know you're a father, but thank you for giving us a spirit and us a good helper to help us with freedom over sin. And we can now know you, God, intimately. That's, that's awesome. And now we know that we have a finale in heaven. And so, God, I pray that Romans you know, 8.28 and the fact that it's all happening for a reason and good, even if we don't understand it, God, I pray that we would just give you our anxiety. And you could just give us peace through your spirit this week when we're, we're going through something we don't understand. I pray that you could just do something like that. And so thank you for everyone in here, Lord. And oh, thank you for this time. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. Well, that's it. We're not singing. We already did all the worship. So you all are free to go.